0: Just to give you an idea so my um my income from the the short-term rental compared to the long-term rental on a monthly income is uh almost triple you know um so i get at least double when when i account for what i made on it as a as a long-term rental plus the utilities that i have to pay myself um you know because now i'm paying the electric and the gas um landscape and stuff like that i'm still tripling that number Uh, on a short-term rental.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Short Term Rental Secrets. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mister Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E?
2: What's happening, brother? How's life? life We're back, is good, man. man.
1: We're back. This is it. Everything's opening back up. It's 80 degrees and sunny here on the beach in Massachusetts, which is fantastic. And uh, getting ready to open up this hotel in about ten days, which I am so pumped for. It's been a long. Yeah. Day- we're there so
2: yeah that's exciting yeah things down here in florida are looking kind of the same things are kind of going back to normal a little slower than i thought was going to happen but at least you know it's it is what it is but like like we talked about last week reservations are coming in people are itching to travel people are itching to do whatever they need to do um so i mean you know we're it seems like this thing is over so let's let's uh let's keep our fingers crossed and and let's see what happens but I am super excited for today's episode with our friend, Bernie. I love that name too. So how are you, Bernie? Welcome. Yeah.
0: Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. So
1: Bernie, aka the Airbnb guy of Ohio, he <laughs> is a host and a co-host. He, uh, he has a bunch of short-term rental properties. So he kind of has a blend, right? He was a traditional real estate investor, buy and hold, uh, long-term leases, And then he and I met about nine months ago or so. Um, He ended up getting into my mastermind program and he converted one of his long-term rentals into a short-term rental. And now he has another co-host client that he manages for an investor. And he's got five more opportunities that he's currently looking at. Uh, He's been in real estate for about 30 years uh, with four long-term rentals, as well as ownership interest in 79 apartment doors. And, uh, Welcome to the show, buddy. I'm happy to have you here.
0: Thanks. Good to be here.
1: Yeah. So you want to, I guess, kind of take us back to where you were before you and I met and what kind of triggered you to start considering, you know, the short-term rental model since you've been a long-term, you know, buy and hold investor for, I think, 30 years, you said so.
2: AKA what brought you to the dark side? (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen?
0: Well, so a couple of things happen. Um, first, I've had a, a range of uh, of long-term rentals. I've had up to 10 properties at once that I managed. Um, at one point, I had 10 properties, uh, single-family homes and a, and a small commercial building. And as I've kind of moved them around, um, more recently, I, I the last five that I had, I had some really long-term tenants in there, like, like seven to 11 years. Oh, wow. And they had like a... Um, a rent to own clause in their, in their lease. And three of them came up to me last year at the same time and all wanted to buy. So I was thinking, I'm going to have, you know, a, a, a big a capital gain situation. So I actually started researching what to buy next. And, and I went into apartment buildings. Um, but um, Mike knew some people, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, if you guys know him. Um, mm-hmm. So Jamie had Mike on as a guest and I watched the webinar and I'm like, well, I think that sounds really good. I had been talking to one of my tenants who I incidentally got into real estate and she told me that she had a couple of clients doing real well with Airbnb. So I said, I wanted to try it. Um, and I actually ended up um, having to, uh, to ask a tenant to, to leave on a, on good terms so that I can turn a property to Airbnb and the, you know, and everything that Mike said in the, in the course um, was all that and more. So that, you know, my, my income, uh, even like from the very first month, which I expected to be low, was much higher than, than expected. So then I wanted to do it as a co-host. And then, you know, we worked through my goals and, uh, and that's how I, I come up with a big aggressive goals for lots of co-host properties.
2: Awesome. awesome.
1: I love that. So I guess just to give it a little context too, Bernie, because you've been a, a long-time real estate investor, but you also have a full-time job, right? So I think one of the big misconceptions that a lot of folks have is, oh, I don't have time to do short-term rentals because it sounds like it's way too much work. And I don't, I don't think I could possibly balance, you know, a family, a full-time job and then running this other business on the side. So, can you kind of give a little context on what your day-to-day and how many hours a week you think you're putting into that business uh, to run it?
0: So, to run, um, let's see. So, when it was just, just my, my one single uh, house that, that I owned, um, I was probably putting anywhere from three to four hours a week. I was still learning the business. Um, and most of that was, you know, just uh, we we're living in a wonderful age of apps. So most of that was on, on the apps, you know, on the apps of, you know, looking at the cameras, looking at the, the uh, August lock for the doors, uh, texting back and forth to the, to the guests. And eventually when I got my messages to the guests dialed down, Uh, most of them most of the messages are now automated with smart b&b so i started that property in in august of last year and literally i've had to go back to the property three times Um, the rest of it has been just on the app Uh, the three times if that property wasn't my own i would have just sent a handyman to do the things that i went back there to do Uh, and was mostly just curiosity to see how how people left it in how uh, some work was done but it's pretty hands off that uh, I don't have to have that many visits to the week on the co-host um, once uh, you know I, I sign up a co-host and again I, I get maybe now I'm dialed in so I get maybe an hour to an hour and a half a week that I'm talking to the, to the potential guests and I started that property in uh, the end of February and I have not been back to it since, since we got it all set up so it's, that one's done all remotely. That one's almost an hour away from me, so it's not as easy to run up there. But I literally, if I need something done, I just have my cleaners do it, or I, uh, I have them take pictures and relay me back the information. Uh, so it's pretty easy going. Um, Mike, you were asking, you know, how do you juggle it with a, with a full-time job? So I got a couple of things. I, I know my cleaners are always gonna be in there between like noon and two, right? So in that two hour range, I can plan to expect to communicate with them and that's kind of like around my lunch hour from the regular job and, and all that. Um, and then most of the guest communication is in the evening. You know, that's when they're coming in. That's where they're checking in. And incidentally, that's when most of them make the reservations because most people that are traveling, you know, they're making their reservations and they're asking their questions after hours from their job. So I would say 90% of my guest communications is between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock p.m. And all my cleaner communications is between 12 and 2.
2: Hmm. that's interesting I never thought about that but now that I think about it the guest communication is kind of between between that time at least mm. through Airbnb right right yeah yeah so what how does that so now that you have kind of got some experience with the short-term mm-hmm. rental game and you still have your experience from your long-term rental game what what did you like from from each like where where do you see yourself going next? Are you going to keep a hybrid of, of the two? Are you going to stay in apartment syndication for the long-term stuff? And then your personal thing is going to be Airbnbs or, or now that you got kind of like a little bit.
0: Good question. Good question.
2: What taste so, you know?
0: Apartment syndication, Well, I'll take that one first. So that, that's, my, that's my long-term goal, right? I'm getting old and when I'm too old to use an app or answer the phone, then you know, hopefully that income will be coming in. Uh, And that's also part of the, you know, know, the legacy I'll I'll leave for my son. Um, The, with the uh, long-term rental properties, at this point, I only want to have them long-term rentals uh, until the current tenant leaves and then they're all going to become short-term rentals. Unless something changes in those markets, uh, definitely short-term rentals is is the way to go for me in the market that I am in in Ohio. Um, Just to give you an idea. So my, um, my income from the, the short-term rental compared to the long-term rental on a monthly income is uh, almost triple, you know? Um, so I get at least double when, when I account for what I made on it as a, as a long-term rental, plus the utilities that I have to pay myself, um, you know, because now I'm paying the electric and the gas um, landscape and stuff like that. I'm still tripling that number uh, on a short-term rental. So, and, and mostly, and we haven't really hit the summer, right? I, I had fall, which, is, which was pretty good, winter, which was stable for me. And summer looked to be pretty good until COVID kind of hit getting into it. Um, so I'm going two to three X on the income from each property, um, even, even with the situation that we, we have now. So, so I'm anticipating it to be a little bit more. So if my tenants, my long-term tenants move out, we, we have immediate plans to, to turn them into an Airbnb right away. And we can do that now, you know, the first one took, I mean, it took like three to four weeks to, to get it converted, but I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, you know, now if we know that the date the tenant's leaving, we can pre-order everything and we can get it turned around in probably seven to 10 days, maybe even shorter.
2: Yeah. 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 Those turnovers yeah. get faster yeah. and faster <laughs> every single time. Um, So, is this something that, that you, you have a big team that is helping you? And, and when you refer to we, like, do you, do you make your little son work? Like, what does is, what is your team look <laughs> like? Like, who's, who's involved?
0: I try to make my little son work. That, that right. has not panned out just yet, but I'll let you know oh. how that goes. Uh, but my wife does. Uh, my wife does help also. Um, so she's my backup if there's, especially if there's any guest communication when I'm either busy with my primary job or, or, or if I'm sleeping. Uh, because she's a night owl and I get up early, so I go to bed. Usually by 11, I'm in bed, so anything that's coming in after 10, 10, 30, she usually takes those uh, um, those messages and, and replies to them. Um, and that's really it. I mean, you know, I'm probably 80, 20 with the amount of work I do and the amount of work she does. Uh, and everything else is pretty much the, the cleaners. And the team of cleaners, I have um, really one primary for mine and I have two others for for the co uh, host. The co host, the co-host, I have a cleaner that she actually owns a cleaning company, so she's a primary cleaner on it. Um, but she has backups that are available. If she can't do it herself, she can send a team over. And if for any reason um, she can't, I actually have another cleaner which I got from one of the apps. Um, I forget the name of the app. Uh, what's the app for the cleaners? Because I only use it turnover. once. It's a turnover BME. Um, so I, I actually have like three or four that I'm in contact with on that app. Um, but really there's one that I use and she did a fantastic job and I have her on as backup. And I'll try to give her one, at least one a month just to kind of keep her in the, in the role. But not a big team to answer your question.
2: Yeah, no, and I, and I like that because um, my goal with my question is kind of, I'm going through all the things that have happened in the past and all the questions that we have in the past, right? So you addressed the first one, which is like, can I do this with a job? Yes uh can i do i need a big team to do it no does it take a bunch of hours not really can my wife or family be there to support me and help me it's pretty easy right like you're you have the airbnb app on the ipad whoever catches it catches it and kind of answers to it so i love that
0: and really you know most time even like the the late night uh, i think people are reasonable they know they're coming into this time time zone so if they're asking a question and they know it's after midnight, they may not necessarily expect a, 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 an answer right away. But if they do, it's, it makes it all that much better. You know, it, it gives them. We're always working on that customer satisfaction. We want them to be very happy. We, we answer our, all our texts with, we hope you have a five-star stay. So that by the time they stay, they've listened to that at least, they've read it and listened to it 20 times.
2: So mm-hmm. five stars. That's so smart.
1: A little NLP mixed in there.
2: Yeah, right. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs>
1: so, Bernie, just to give give the listeners a little more context too, um, and you know, we don't have to go deep on this, but you know, a lot of people think, oh man, like there's there's going to be a ton of communication. Like again, it's going to be a ton of work. But with the systems that we use, right, like you mentioned, that you're you're building up your automated messages, right? So the system that you and I use and our students use, right? It has artificial intelligence built into it. So you can start to see what types of questions you get asked more often, right? If it's a question about the pool hours or parking or things like that, you can pre-program it to detect, oh, this is a question about the pool and it'll automatically send a response for that. So like you, as you said, over time, you can start to build up a database of these questions to continue to systematize and automate your business. Because again, the primary goal as an investor is to become financially free, which means you're not trading time for money. So, right. you know, if you're working four hours a week, I consider that fairly passive, right? But if you don't have the right systems in place, this could quickly become, an, you know, a full-time job. And I see exactly. a lot of old school vacation rental managers get burnt out because they don't have the right systems.
2: Yeah. And, and for those listening, something to remember is that he said it used to take him three to four hours a week at the beginning. Right now we're more in the hour, hour and a half a week, right? Yep. which I mean, most people spend five, six times that just catching up on shows. Right. So it's not, it's really not that much time when you look in the great scheme of like how many hours you have in a week for making three times as much um, income as you would on a long-term rental. Um, So what, another question that I often get from people is, well, the wear and tear on the property is going to be a lot worse, right? Because there's people coming in and out. What has your experience been with that? Like has your experience been, most people come and completely like wreck the place or like my experience, 97% of people are actually awesome. And then you get the occasional kind of bad apple. I'm
0: definitely in the uh, in the 99% of the people have been awesome. Yeah, um, awesome. we we've only had two people that did any kind of damage at all, and it was very very minor, and only because you know we're kind of perfectionist, so we we set up everything to be kind of perfect um, before we made it into into an Airbnb. So, and I'll give you some scenarios. You know, we had uh, we had one guy that um, you know he, he got frustrated, uh, trying to get in late at night because of certain adult beverages he was drinking and couldn't figure out how <laughs> to get in uh, and he kicked the door. Uh, you know, and we addressed it with him. We're like, look, you, you know, we have a video of what happened last night and you kicked the door and, uh, um, and we just need to repaint it. And we sent him a small bill and he paid it right away. No, no issues. Um, and then we had another one where they, they, um, you know, in, in the basement, there's like the, the, the poles for the basement. Uh, and they just like wrote on the, on the pole. So it wasn't really a big deal, but it was just kind of a matter of principle. Um, so we, uh, we sent them a bill for just repainting the bowl. Again, it was a very small bill because it was just a poll to be repainted. Um, and uh, those guys actually, they didn't want to pay it. But Airbnb actually stepped in, sent me a message, says, you're, we see that you have an interaction with your guest about some damage they did and you're, you're asking for this amount of money and, and they just sent it to me. So it, it was very easy um and the property now is in just as good a condition as day one that we rented it out uh let me put it as an airbnb and compared to my experience with the long-term rentals um almost every long-term rental i've had i've had to at least paint and refloor our carpet after after the after the gas even if they're on in there you know for three to six months on a lease they usually just trash them and get it so dirty that's, that is beyond cleaning so um, the, the shape of the property is definitely much, much better.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and where, um, where in Ohio are you?
0: I am in a small town called Medina, Ohio, which mm-hmm. is about, an, uh, about 30, 45 minutes south of Cleveland.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's been my experience too, right? Every time that I have to rent to long-term people, it's just such a pain because every time they leave is a complete mess. Right. And even the gray people, like I have gray people, but still like after a year or two of living in a house with, with kids, every wall has fingerprints, which is amazing. Even (laughs) parts of the ceiling that like, I don't know how the kids get to it, but somehow there's fingerprints up there. So it's just, it's just, it's completely different.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, like we updated the appliances just because we wanted nice new ones in there Mm -hmm. and our first three, four months, nobody used any of the appliances, you know then um we had uh, like around christmas time uh we had some more longer term stays because people came for christmas and for the holidays and for new years um and had small families so then there was some evidence of cooking but i mean their the appliances are still a wipe down away from looking brand spanking new, and now they're going on a year old
2: yep everything is better yeah yep. i have people that come down to florida all my snowbirds come down to florida I don't think the only thing they make in the morning is a little bagel. <laughs> All my New Yorkers, they just put a bagel in the thing. So they use the toaster, but that's about it. They don't really yeah. use anything else. Yeah. It but you really- need to
1: have it because it, it's so yeah. funny. People want it just because they want to be able to use it. But most of the time they don't actually use it. But again, it's, it's definitely an advantage of the short-term rentals over the hotels, right? Cause you get in a whole home plus a kitchen so you can fit a bigger family and they can cook their meals at home if they want. And it's just way more, quite frankly, economical for most people. So um, Bernie, one thing I want to transition to that you and I have been working on a lot and I, Ian and I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast is keeping a positive mindset and how the, how that actually translates into results. Because I know for you, you know, you've been doing a lot of mindset stuff work with me and, and, Some key things with that. And you're consistently, even throughout this whole COVID thing, you are still consistently generating new properties and new leads every single week. And I want to just talk about that because I I feel like we've talked about it conceptually, but you've been doing it and seeing the fruits of that. So you want to just kind of touch on the power of that and some of the results that you're getting, even during this crazy global pandemic that was going on?
0: Sure. So, I mean, mindset is, is definitely important. You know, we, um, we've talked about the book uh, *Think and grow rich. Um, and I've, I've read that And in, in my career. I've read it several times before and went through it again. Yes. So and review it every day. Um, and the, the, the mindset is, you know, I go through, like, I was going through Craigslist. Now I'm going through hot pads and I'm always looking for, for new landlords or, or investors. And I, and I kind of classify them a little bit differently because the the investors tend to have multiple properties, which is a a better, better hit for me if somebody has more than one property, you know, eventually we can do two or three or four of their properties as opposed to to one property that my, my own. Um, The, the mindset is that, you know, not everybody's going to say yes and I'm okay with that. I mean, I I guess the world would be pretty boring if everybody just said yes to me all the time. Right. Uh, Maybe not, but I I probably would be. Um, so I know I'm going to get a couple of no's. I'm not, I know I'm going to get a couple of yeses. And, and really, I, you know, I look at the big picture. You only need a couple of yeses. You know, if if you make a hundred calls in a month, if you get two or three yeses, that's enough. That's really enough. Um, and it and and it, and it keeps your business going forward. And sometimes it gets to be like, I don't want to say a game, but like you you're playing a numbers game where where if i'm if i'm not getting a good feeling about a, a particular property i might just go go ahead with it anyway because i know i need you know three or four no's today before i get my yes so as i'm as i'm getting that no um i know that i'm preparing for another yes but i've also had a more i misread the situation at first so i stay just as positive and friendly on that no but sometimes something good might come out of it you now sometimes it's a referral like you no know, i I don't really want to do that, but I know a guy who's tired of dealing with with, uh, with long-term tenants because they always trash this place, You know, or uh, no, it's not for me, but I might do that on another property that I'm looking to buy. So there's a lot of different uh, things that come out of it, and each person has an experience, and maybe it's like, you know, no right now, because maybe he'll get that next long-term tenant in, and they'll trash the place, and so being there for a year, they're there for three months, and then he might call me, so you know, I'll keep those guys in my tickler. Hmm. But definitely a good idea to keep a positive mindset.
2: So Bernie, were you born with a positive mindset?
0: No, I was, (laughs) actually, we have a joke going on. Uh, We're we're very close friends of Mr. Murphy because uh, anything that can and uh, should go wrong will. But, you know, it just, you know, our motto in our family is you either win or you learn. So if it doesn't go your way, you've learned something. Uh, we've had some real estate deals go bad, and we've learned a lot from those. You know, we've had a lot of real estate deals go well, and we just make some money. But when they go bad, you learn a lot. And what you learn in those bad deals helps you later on in the uh, in, in the future and, and setting up the next deal to be a little bit smoother.
2: Yeah, I love that, and that's and that's where we're all very similar, right? And that's kind of been ingrained in our brain um, from all the personal development books, but. I think mostly from life experience, right? Because okay. when, you, when you start really embracing that mindset, you're not really freaking out about anything, right? Like everything is fine. Because then yep. you know, I either win or I learn. So there is really no negative aspect kind of to it. And you just hit the nail on the head also when you're like, it's a numbers game, right? Like, fuck, life is fun. You might have to change your perspective to see the fun in it. But if you can do that, life is easy, right? It's all about the choices you make, right? How are we going to see this? It's, it's a game and you're just going for it and you're just like, I need one more. When I used to call, I used to prospect for real estate a lot. And every time I was like, I get a shitty phone call. My thing was like, I want to quit. I'm like, just one more. And just getting in the habit of like, when you're feeling in a certain way, just one more because every note gets you closer to that. Yes.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. I love that. That's
1: why I love this podcast because we subtly blend in personal development with short-term rentals because quite frankly, we can give you guys all the tools to the technical of like, go out, here's how to prospect, here's how to furnish, here's how to run them. But if you don't have the right mindset, your your self-doubt won't even let you get started. And if you do get started, if you don't have the right mindset and you do have an issue that comes up, you're going to quit. Right yeah. so we do like to blend in both because it's it's so crucial no matter what business you're in you need to have the right mindset and then you obviously need to know the the specialized knowledge to take it and move forward with it so
2: and I, and I think going back to all the greats right that's what makes all the difference right going back to Kobe like what made Kobe Kobe was his mindset right what made Jordan Jordan is his mindset what made Tiger Woods Tiger Woods is his mindset is there other golfers that have just as good of a swing probably most likely, but it doesn't mean shit. Like we can all learn, but that's the thing, right? We can all go to school. We all learn from the same thing, but if you're not equipped yourself with like what you need for the long term, you can know everything and, and do absolutely nothing, you know? And it's huge absolutely. for like you guys with kids too. Right? Like, I think that's such a good value to show your kids. There's like, First of all, you would never fail in life. You're either going to win or learn. And then as long as your head is positive and you're in a good space, just be a good person, be friendly, smile. You'll get your yes, whatever it is, right? I love it's that.
1: Huge. So Bernie, one thing like, that we like to do with all the guests is ask them, what is your number one secret or tip for somebody that's new and wants to get in the game or somebody that might be struggling right now? Like what's one secret or one tip that you have for those people?
0: Well, you didn't prepare me for that one.
1: No, I want to hear it off the cuff. <laughs> off the cuff. I want Here to hear it, it off is. the cuff.
0: Um, well, I, I definitely think, you know, think of the majority of, of people that, that I've dealt with that always say, you know, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. Um, and, you know, get rid of the fear of failure um, and just do it. And, uh, I I mean, I don't want to be like a Nike guy and just do it, you know, cause I'm going to, but it, it's just do it because like, I I know some people that, that want to do something in, uh, in getting out on their own, but they're afraid of taking that first step because they might fail. And I tell them, yeah, you might fail. You probably will fail and you have to fail a bunch of times to learn. Um, but don't let that stop you. Don't, don't get that analysis paralysis. And just go out there and do it. Try, you know, it's good to get educated so that you minimize your mistakes. I mean, luckily knock on wood, I haven't failed in Airbnb because I had a great teacher and I learned as much as I could before going into it, but they're just being prepared. You know, I mean, you know, was I afraid to fail? I thought, well, yeah, maybe I'm going to put my listing up and nobody will reserve it. Well, as you know, Mike, I, I pre elicited it and I had bookings all the way through December back in back in uh, August, you know, and we, we weren't even really done. We were like, we are still waiting for a couch and we we're paranoid that we're, the couch's not going to come in on time for our first guest. So it, it's just a matter of go, going out there and doing it. And um, even, you know, when we, when my wife and I, when we looked at the, at the, at Mike's program and I, I watched it and then I had her watch it, you know, she's like, well, what if this and what if that and what if that? And I'm like, what if, then we just put somebody back in there for 600 bucks a month? Well, it's not a big deal. Um, the, the house will be just that much nicer. Um, and luckily we, we didn't have to go back to that. And now instead of getting 600 bucks a month, we're getting anywhere from 1900 to 2600 for a little, a very tiny place, very tiny place. It's just literally like a one bedroom house. Um, and I don't know, was that, was that too long for the one, one takeaway, Mike?
2: No, that was perfect perfect also cuz you give you give all the perspective and all the possibilities of what could happen right yep. and 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 that was a big conversation that uh we recorded an episode last week kind of updating post covid right and all the people that we know that were able to oops they were able to make it are all those people that were able to adjust and that's what you just talked about right like you're gonna do this. You have a property. You're gonna f- do all the furnishing and everything else. Worst comes to worst, you're renting a place that's furnished, right? Yep. You're still gonna get a little bit more money, and that's it. Like, <laughs> right? Like the worst case, who is that quote from? Like you're gonna worry about a lot of things in your life. Most of them are never even gonna come through. Like that's that's this game doesn't change. Like that's that's kind of the same thing.
0: Well, you know, I'll throw one other thing in, because uh, you mentioned about being post-COVID. And um, one of the things that my my co-host, you know, he was worried about um, if, if we can, when he was giving me the property, because he had it uh, hosted by someone else before, and he was worried, you know, if I would do as good a job and could get the money that he was getting with the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we signed everything at the end of February, and we put it live and COVID it. You know, but with all the things that were Mike's course, with all the things that I learned and with, with all the tweaks we did to the listing, that listing was coming up first. So the first month we had, we were like right in COVID and the, the market rate for, and this is in Cleveland, the, the occupancy rate was 3.9%. Like that's nothing. And we had 20, 20%. That's what he was getting before COVID. You know, uh, the second month, it got a little bit better. The Cleveland the market was at 9.7% and we were at 30% and we over doubled what his average was for the last three years pre-COVID, you know, because we were, we were attracting the, the different markets, you know, the travelers, the, the people coming in, the essential workers coming in uh, and we had teams and we, we positioned a listing to, to be forefront from those, and and we did some tweaks about you know how we disinfect everything between each things. So we did so many things in there um, that you know that I learned from from Mike's course and also from from the mastermind because like some of the ideas were were from the mastermind as we were discussing it. That it actually worked out better. You know, you asked me if I was you know being an optimist and being always positive. It's like no, but I listened to what they had to say. I tried it, and and it worked where all the other negative minds in the market were saying, oh, COVID, nothing's happening. So they let their listings go gray and they didn't do anything with them and, uh, and there's nothing to make it shine.
2: Beautiful. The silver lining right there. Yep. And they're being humble, right? That's another thing that came through for me with what you said. As long as you're humble, like Mike and I are going to be fucking students for the rest of our life. 'Cause it's just how we how we take it, right? Like that's just I don't know how else to I don't know how else to fucking function, right? Like I have five books at any given time open with like bookmarks and shit in it, and that's just how we run it because there's we know nothing and the less we know, the better we do. Yep. Because you adjust and you do whatever you need to do and then you take, you know? Maybe Mike from a past life has a little, little tip that you didn't think about that makes perfect sense, but you just, you don't know what you don't know, right?
1: Love that. So I want to wrap things up, Bernie. I want to thank you for your time. And um, I also want to let the listeners know, like, where can they get in touch with you? You know, how can they reach out to you? Whether they're active in the Airbnb game or whether they're investors and landlords that are looking for somebody like you to take their property and run it to the next level. Or just people that just have questions in general? You know, where can people get in contact with you?
0: Well, you can find me on Instagram at DRBNBGuyOhio. Um, or you can look me up on Facebook, Bernie Cesario, last name C-E-S-A-R-E-O. And I'm always answering messages. And you got a new blog, right? And I got a new blog, yes. <laughs> and the,
1: the, the blog
0: address is in my Instagram. So if you go into the Instagram, you can click on a the, on the link and it will take you right to my blog.
1: That's awesome. Love it. Well thank you for coming on here man I really appreciate your time and um, you know you're you know you're essentially the perfect student right like you you come in you take action you learn you adjust you pivot and you just keep things moving and you always keep a positive mindset and you know the results are showing and they'll continue to show because you're you're out there doing this thing and uh, I just want to give you kudos and thank you again for coming on
2: mhm yeah hats off to you my friend thank definitely. you uh,
0: I, I appreciate definitely. it and uh, I'm a good student because you guys are good teachers you know and you and, and, and hit it right on the head you know it's continuous learning the best student is the one who wants to learn right so I got my audio books going I got my regular books going You know, I got another book over there so, so just like you I have, book, I have three books in one desk
2: <laughs> yeah perfect so, that's how we roll
0: so thanks for having me on I really appreciate it good, good, yeah. good uh, being on with you guys
1: pleasure awesome take care guys Goodbye. Bye.